Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. How you doing? Greetings, everybody. West Coast, East Coast, Midwest. Those of you listening off planet, we know who you are. Uh, good friends from Canada checking in a couple weeks ago. Uh, last week, I appreciate you all from Toronto. Uh, thanks for coming in. And uh, hello to all my European delegates. How you doing? Today's big podcast is we're going to talk about experience mattering, experience matters, and why. Every time I listen to Rob Bell, I feel like I don't know nothing. I feel like I know Jack. <laughs> I feel inferior. <laughs> I feel like there's no hope for me. Uh, for those of you who know Rob Bell, uh, you're going to want to stick around because I'm going to talk about him. And for those of you who don't know Rob Bell, I want to introduce you to a guy that you should know. You should know and ingest and read and listen to and uh, take in because, uh, man, the dude is a the dude is a, he's a quite incredible uh, guy. Uh, lives in Los Angeles with his family. Uh, used to pastor a church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, that's how I came to know him because when I was living in Grand Rapids with uh, when I was working for a ministry called Triple X Church, um, and I adopted three kids out of Michigan. I came to know Rob um, and his church that way. I would see him um, preaching at the Mars Hill. and um, But anyways, he's doing some phenomenal work in 2018. But uh, <laughs> I've had several conversations in the last week about him and what happens to you when you hear him teach. And I just want to talk about that. And we're going to talk about experience. And we're going to talk about how to kind of level the playing field. If you're confident spiritually, right? Because here's the bottom line. If your confidence spiritually is kind of, it tilts a little bit or you feel like it's dented or it's not where it should be, that's what we're going to talk about today in lieu of understanding your experience, your life experience, your experience with God, your experience with the divine, your experience with the people around you. Um, big news. Uh, year, the book, the book project that we have been working on for the last 11 months is out and on Amazon. You can either go to jrman.com, click links in there, or you can just go directly to Amazon and buy it and uh, review it if you buy it, please, if you wouldn't mind helping all the good folks on this end that uh, did the book. Turns out the reviews and how many you sold matters. <laughs> so uh, go get the book here. It's based on my study in 2017. It's 365 contemplations designed to do one thing, and that's help you get closer to the, to the divine. I, in 2017, made a very deliberate and intentional move toward everyday stillness and silence and contemplative situation. And I uh, did this with three adopted kids, married 25 years, living in Southern California, and starting um, full-time my spiritual direction practice. And to say it's been an adventure is, is to undercut the experience. It, it has been an absolutely incredible, crazy, fantastic, wonderful, terrifying, effed up, joyful experience, unlike I ever thought. And the culmination was this book. And here it is not the culmination. I mean, as, as a formation goes, it was part, it was part of the year. So I hope you enjoy it. It's the kind of book that you're going to want to sit with on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon in a hammock or in a back, or maybe floating in a boat or maybe sitting by the ocean and, or maybe you're in the woods, but it's like, I liken it to like eating Oreos. You know, you eat Oreos, you stuff yourself like 10 of them and you just can't take it anymore. So you, you, you come back later, <laughs> but that's what it, that's what it's like. It, it, it is a delicious, wonderful treat and you'll want to return to it. And it's a kind of book you kind of slam in your backpack and maybe when you're bored, you take it out um, and you just allow the words to kind of flow over your own spiritual practice or what's happening with you spiritually. Um, and it challenges you. I think there's some challenging moments in it. I think there's some like, what the hell is going on here moments. I think there's um, 
hopefully there's some disagreeable moments in it for you in the evolution of your own faith, but um, uh, super stoked about it. Thank you to everybody who is a part of it, especially Rob Supan, who did the design on the book, and it's just beautiful. It's uh, beautiful. It literally brought the words to life, what Rob did. If you're looking for creative on any of your projects, uh, Rob Supan is your man at Supan Creative. Um, I can tell you how to get a hold of him if you want to text me later on that or uh, just Google Supan Creative somewhere in there. But uh, thanks to everybody. It uh, truly means a lot. Okay, experience matters. Why, when I listen to Rob Bell, I feel like garbage? <laughs> and again, it's not Rob Bell's problem. It's not Rob Bell's fault. It's, it's not it at all. I am a big fan of Rob. And if you're a big fan of him, you'll, you're going to totally get what I'm saying. If you're new to him, I, just, I really want you to experience him because, uh, I mean, some people call the guy a prophet. A modern day prophet, and uh, he. But either way, whatever you want to call him, um, he can cut through the BS and get right to the heart of any matter very quickly, and that's why I enjoy him so much. Especially when he starts breaking down scripture, um, or breaking down culture, or breaking down the ways of culture and how we move through it. So huge fan right off the bat. Um, but it does bring us to that experience matters, and at the heart of what I want to talk about today is I want you to really have guideposts in your own experience when it comes to your spiritual formation. So when you're in on God, when you're in on the divine, when you're in on spiritual practice, when you're in on kind of moving to deeper, you know, questioning levels, even doubt, or even moving through religious bodies or religious communities, like wherever you're at on the journey. And again, like I deal with a lot as a spiritual director, as a spiritual director, <laughs> As a spiritual director, I deal with a lot of different people in a lot of different either faiths, spiritual practices, uh, um, you know, where they are on the journey, like, you know, like their history of, of, of the journey and, what, and what's happened to them along the way. Uh, so I get a lot of pastors that come and unfortunately are uh, tired and, 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 and frustrated at what's happening in the American church. And conversely, I get a lot of uh, people who have been hurt by the church and uh, want nothing to do with it, but they still want to anchor themselves in the experience of the divine because they know at some level, just like I'm speaking to you, just like I'm speaking to me, at some level, this, this divine thing in us has touched us, moved us, helped us, that made us curious. Uh, some some cases made us angry, right? So I just want you to know, experience matters, and it, and it matters. And we're going to anchor the we're going to anchor kind of this talk in in a book called Matthew, which is in the New Testament of the Bible. Take the Bible, cut it in half. First book you get to is Matthew. And we're going to be in Matthew 14 a little bit today. And we're going to talk about a guy who uh, walks on the water with Jesus because it turns out Jesus walked on the water, right? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, it turns out it's a crazy story and has some crazy experience to it. But first, let me set it up by talking about Rob. So I lived in Grand Rapids uh, many, many years ago when I was with a ministry called Triple X Church. And uh, right down, and they were Mars Hill was a church in Grand Rapids, and Mars Hill was pastored by a guy named Rob Bell. And Rob Bell at the time was it wasn't as controversial as he probably is now. He was kind of a regular pastor guy who started this big old church, and people were very curious. And he preached like a mo, like you wouldn't believe it. The guy can teach, man. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you're new to him, you're going to just be fascinated uh, by his understanding and how he can 
how he can spin a story. Um, so we had a so this Morris Hill Church that Rob started. You know the guys from Triple X Church and the guys that were around Triple X Church. We'd go every now and then, some more than others. I I went every now and then, and then I, there was another church down the road that I also went to. But I was always very fascinated with what was happening at Mars Hill and as a movement and as a culture. It was fascinating um, just to watch the birth of this thing and and it get big and huge and turn into a thing that was like, what is this? And Rob eventually would leave Grand Grand Rapids, leave uh, Mars Hill. And if you know bits and pieces of Rob's story, um, you know, I mean, it wasn't always happy, joyous, go lucky for Rob. Rob had Rob himself, just like everybody else in Faithland, um, you know, hits a kick in the ass and, and, and and it happens. And he would end up in Los Angeles and writing more books and teaching and going on tours and doing podcasts. Well, he has this podcast called The Robcast, which if you go to iTunes and download, um, it's just freaking great. And the latest series that he's doing uh, right now is called Jesus H. Christ. And uh, from from Rob, he says this was going to be a book, but it's it's better as a podcast. And I totally agree. Like Rob's medium is total... Is, is the podcast. I mean, he's just freaking great on it. You can sense his freedom. You can sense his ease. You can sense his just deliberate intentionality to just, like, go. And it's really great to watch people run like that. And I consider myself hugely fortunate to have evolved enough in my own journey and own walk to really just dive in with everything he's saying. Uh, because there was a time in my evolution of faith that I was, uh, you know, I was an asshole, frankly. And uh, if you didn't, if you didn't prescribe a certain way to what I thought, I would not want nothing to do with you. And a few people back in the day when I was living in Grand Rapids wound up, and, and now you're talking to a guy who was with Triple X Church for crying out loud, so you were to think, all the oxen free, right? But, you know, I held on to some dogmas, I held on to some stupid um, stuff, and uh, since then have shaken that, which leads me to today in 2018 about experience mattering. And the fact that when I listen to Rob, because there's such an elevated and evolved situation going on with Rob and how he teaches, particularly about the divine, that it really does shake you at, at the core. So I was talking with a person last week, and we were talking about Rob and about how he teaches and what he teaches, and and he's very well-read and well-versed and well-learned, and, and he's, a, he's a scholar, man. At the end of the day, he's a scholar. And he has a way of cutting through scripture and spiritual stuff that is just very pinpointed and direct, and you literally shake a little bit because you're like, shit, I'll never get it like that. I'll never understand it like that. I'll never be make that much of an impact or a movement in my own spiritual life or in the lives of those around me like he does. And that can be a problem if we don't anchor ourselves in our own experience of the divine. Because at the end of the day, we have to at some point level, recognize first and foremost, as we journey to understanding God's love in us, around us, receiving it and giving it, we have to understand that we have a real viable experience, one that we can touch, one that we can hold and one that we can give away. And we don't have to be like Rob. (laughs) Although if you do want to, you can, you can certainly try to achieve that. Um, so in Matthew, and I hope I'm explaining that correctly because the last thing I want to do is come off like um, banging on Rob because I'm certainly not. I'm a huge fan. 
Um, so in Matthew uh, 14, we get a guy who's going to walk on water. So tw- this is 22, Matthew 14, 22. And, I, and I'm not going to go crazy with the setup here because we only got 30 minutes. I'm already 12 minutes into it. Um, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So he's talking to all these people, and he's like, yo, we got to go to the other side. We're going to go over there. We're going to go to another part of the region another, and, and envelop ourselves in other people, another, another culture over there on the other side of the water. And they go and they do that. Um, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. This was very common for Jesus to do. You have to understand that Jesus was teaching people and being with people and listening to people and, and, and flat out with people, right? He was flat out with people. Everybody's concerns, everybody's fears, everybody's problems. At the time, they saw Jesus as a liberator from the Romans. At the time, they saw Jesus as a guy who was going to give them not only this liberation, but we're going to help them rebuild, rebuild their lives, their culture, their religion, their everything, and kick all the Romans to the curb. So this was a guy that was constantly giving. And in the end of the day, what Jesus was doing was touching people, uh, you know, hearts and minds and bodies and the presence of who and what they thought. So this was a guy giving it all away. So he very often would go up and pray, which is a great understanding for you and I that you and I also do in kind. When evening came, so he probably prayed for a while, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So, you know, the boat took off, the waves in between him and Jesus, and Jesus is like, well, I got it. What am I going to do? I mean, I want to go, but he's Jesus, right? What do you think he's going to do? <laughs> During the fourth watch of the night, late into the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. So here comes Jesus walking on the lake. So right away, we get this guy who walks on water. What? What are you talking about? He's walking on water. Would you freak, man, if somebody was why? I mean, I would freak. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. I don't care what people will say today and how much faith you have. If you found a guy walking on the water, you'd freak out. This, you'd, you'd do an Amazon show, right? I mean, you'd do something like that. He was uh, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Is it a ghost? It's a ghost. So they got scared. They got terrified. This has got to be a ghost. They said and cried out in fear. So they were so terrified. They're crying. They're screaming. They're, oh my gosh, this is a ghost. This has never happened to them. I mean, this has got, like, they're called to, like, hang out with this guy. And then here comes a dude walking on the water. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage at his eye. Don't be afraid. And I can imagine, man, it was a very loving and very forceful way and very gently forceful, loving way. Like, hey, relax, chill. It's just me. Everything's cool. You know, cluing them in on. They didn't have to freak. And then a guy steps up. His name is Simon Peter. Peter. He had two names, Simon Peter. One was a given name and one was another given name by Jesus. And he says, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, if it's you, if it's you, (laughs) if it's you, doubt in Peter's mind, doubt in Peter's mind, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come, bring it, Peter. It's me, dude. I don't know what you said. And then Peter got out of the boat 
and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus was reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Now, at this point, a lot of people are going to rally back all these metaphorical images and wind and water and terror and ghosts, and they're going to like anchor it down and like, hey, it's 2018 and you've got your own set of wind and you've got your own ghosts and you know, you've got your own set of faith and you can walk here and you can walk. And a lot of people are going to do that. But I want to, I want to anchor this in Peter's experience because what I want to do is this Peter guy eventually has to have like a night in the fire, like a couple weeks later where he's like, Hey, you remember that time that I walked on water with Jesus? Hey, remember that time that I, I was like terrified and, 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 and like, I was like, I was like so bold. I was like, yeah, I'll walk on the water, man. I'll do what you do. Come on, let's bring it. Let's go. And I did. And I freaked out a little bit and I started sinking and Jesus grabbed me. And then he was like, yo, why do you got such little faith? Like Simon Peter has his own experience and that experience lends to itself a little bit of spiritual confidence or spiritual common sense in us all. That must be understood today because you, like Simon Peter, have an experience like that. It may not be ghost, terrify, middle of the night, walking on water, (laughs) having Jesus himself looking at you going, come on. It may not be that, but it is as significant as that because in 2018, the reverberation of that night with Simon Peter is still happening because the divine is still present among us. And again, it may not be as ludicrous and insane as that story, but I want you now to really sit in your own boat walking on water story. Like what and how have you gravitated to God? What and how have you gravitated to Jesus, Holy Spirit, the scriptures, the sense of truth and divinity in your life? What was the starting point of that? What was the maturing point in that? What is the essence of that ringing true in your life now? And for God's sakes, I hope it's not dogmas and rules and processes in a religion that's stinking because it's not moving you forward. Like, I really do hope, like, like you can grab that picture of a guy, even Simon Peter, a year later, like sitting around with people that, that didn't know this story. And Simon Peter was with new strange people from a far off land and another fire or he's sitting around a table and he's just having coffee at the local Starbucks. And he's like, let me tell you something that happened with this guy, Jesus. It was the middle of the night and the wind was blowing and he shows up walking on the water and he, he rolls through this, not just simply as a way of saying he is, but also the expression of what is in Simon Peter, just like it is in you. And I want you to grab that experience, your own experience, your own spiritual experiences, your own spiritual awakening, your own spiritual truths. And and that's where I want you to start having confidence, some spiritual confidence. Because when I go back to Rob Bell and I listen to Rob teach the way he teaches, it's so damn good and so damn filled with wonderful, juicy nuggets of truthful stuff that it rocks me to some core that I don't know it also. And how desperately I want to know that too like he does. And how much I want to make an impression like he can with the way he teaches and the way he ingests truth and the way he spits it back out into the world. 
It's not a matter of jealousy. It's not a matter of envy. It's a matter of passion. But it's also a matter of me really deep diving in myself to understand that my experience, very much like Rob lives in my own community, in my own circle, just like in his. And then if I envelop it like that, then I really start to take in Rob's teachings as a teacher, as a blessing, as a wonder, as an awe, as the love of God literally pouring over me. Right? As a gift. As a gift. Instead of constantly going where my ego would want me to go, which is, well, you don't know that, and you didn't know this, and you didn't know that, and oh my gosh, he's helping people like this, and you're not. So again, going back to Simon Peter, the dude sank at the end of the day. So are we like, oh, that experience is all for naught? Or are we to say, here's a guy with so much, so the, the balls the size of the, the boat itself to step out into the water because he was just terrified by somebody who looked like Jesus and wanted to do that too and had the experience of an awakening with Christ that taught him to have faith, not just simply because he sank, but because Jesus was there. And Jesus was the one who grabbed up. And Jesus was the one who kind of went, yo, what are you doing? So you have that same thing too. You have that same percolating, bubbling thing that's going on inside of you. And I, I don't think we do a good enough job at teaching that. I don't, think, I don't think the American church is caught up to that yet. I don't. In fact, in a lot of ways, the American church is still so consumed with the bullshits of metrics and process that we forget that everybody who's parking in the damn parking lot has their own boat story too. And we really need to rely on that and teach from that spot and help people understand that their truth is their truth when it comes to spiritual awakening and spiritual formation and the movement of what's happening in their soul. Going back to Rob, I don't like, like there's not that part of me that worships that about Rob. Again, for me, it's understanding it's a gift that it's like, it's like a love cheese ball being passed to me. I don't even know what the hell that means. It's like a wonderful, delicious nugget of spiritual cheese ballness that I'm cutting into and taking in every time Rob comes to the microphone with a different teaching. And that's just Rob Bell. I've got other people I listen to. I got other people I read. I mean, freak, as I look over at my desk right now, like I'm looking at, uh, you know, a guy named, um, there's a guy named Myers. There's a guy named Bailey. There's a guy named Newell. There's a guy named Tolley. There's a guy named Manning. There's a woman named Bake. There's another guy named Allender. Like there's, uh, there's another guy named uh, Marion. Like there's all these people in my life that have the same type of thing that happened to me when I ingest what they're talking about as teachers, spiritual teachers, spiritual directors, pastors. But I have to remember that I, at the core, have this wonderful experience that moves me into the teachings, moves me into the wisdom, moves me into the love, moves me into the ways at which I hear and see God. I hear and see the divine. And for the record, they're of different spiritual practices too. 
Buddhists, Hindus, Jews, Muslims, Sufis. I got this wonderful Sufi friend here in San Diego that, holy crap, I mean, just watching her is like watching the essence of freedom, dancing around the room, singing and dancing. It's amazing. So I want you to discover that. And again, this whole thing got bubbled up to the surface, this, this podcast, just by simply talking with somebody who was feeling the same way I was about listening to Rob. So I was like, you know what? I bet you there's a few others of you out there too, that when you listen to Rob, you get so overwhelmed by the, just the knowledge, the, the, the words on the paper that you haven't consumed yet that it freaks you out. And I just want you to know. And again, this is not Rob not teaching well. He's, man, I'll tell you. He does, he does a, a wonderful job. And I, again, I can't say it enough because I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying. I just want you to anchor in your own experience. I want you to know that God is alive in you. The divine is in you. And you tap into that by holding to your desire and your story. Holding to your desire and your story. Number one, your desire for him, to chase him, to love him, to see him, to want more truth. And then the story of what that is. My story, I'm 18 years, I'm, 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 I'm younger than that, frankly. I'm a, a seven-year-old child on a, on a walk to a friend's house on Fuller Hill. I've told you this a million times. I'm on Fuller Hill. And God literally speaks to me. Not audibly, hey, JR, it's me, God. It was, it was a touch into my soul. And I just acknowledged it seven. I wasn't scared of it. I wasn't afraid of it. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't anything by it. I was completely soothed by the voice and essence of him and knowing that he was. That was me. That's, that was my experience. It was one of my experiences. I can't tell you what adopting three kids has done to me. Holy shit, there's more experiences than I can shake a stick at that have let me know that God is there, alive and well and ready to have me come out of the boat, regardless if I sink <laughs> or not. So that's what I found. So your experience matters. What is your experience? What is it? Write it down. Write it, email me it, text me it, tell a friend, tell somebody who you know, tell somebody who cares for you, tell yourself the experience, pray your experience, meditate on your experience, contemplate your experience, but know, my good friends, that you don't necessarily need the head knowledge of 50 guys in a theological library to make yourself known to God or, or to even be known. You, you don't need it. You need to tap into that one moment where you're terrified and you're stepping out on a boat in frightening waters because the guy said, come. And you hear that voice. And I know you do. Good people, I appreciate you so very much. This is your Life's Work Podcast. I am JR Man. I'm a spiritual director. If you need a session with me, jr at jrman.com or call me the numbers and the digits and all the ats and all the BS of the interwebs are sitting on uh, jrman.com. I would be more than happy um, to sit with you as a spiritual director um, and do whatever I can. Also, if you want to hang out at Tabletop, go to ta- go to my page and hit the Tabletop link. Tabletop is a nonprofit that I started. We provide spiritual direction and pastoral care for those who can't afford traditional levels of counseling or therapy. Um, 
That is a nonprofit, all locked up and sewed up, all very legal beagle. And if you want to give to that, you can. Year My Book is on sale right now on Amazon. Oh my gosh, go get it. Why haven't you got it? Get it. I love you guys very much. Next week, we'll contemplate the universe and many, many more things. I love you all, good people. We'll see you next week. <laughs>